Gentle Person, Superman and Green Lantern who ain't got nothing on me. The audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our host's past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, the reigning, defending, undisputed, casino gambling, podcasting, heavyweight champion of the world, two years in a row. That's right, I am TRG, and our Casino Combat Podcast has been named the number one most must-listen-to casino gambling podcast of 2023 by feedspot.com that is two years in a row most important for 22 most important must listen to in 23 and that's all thanks to all of you i am happy to be your humbled but never so humble host for episode 106 of our casino combat podcast and i'm realizing that that's a bit of a burden right i'm the most must listen to podcast for 2023 at the beginning of january of 2023. And I appreciate all of you for making that happen. And I'm going to talk about that a bit more in a minute. But I realized, look, it's one thing to be the best of 2022 when you've already done 2022. But when you are the most listened to or most must listen to for 2023, then that's a requirement that you put out good stuff for all of 2023. That's something I got to commit to. That's something I'm going to commit to. I'm going to do my best to live up to that ranking. And I need to thank all of you. In my mind, this isn't a ranking I won. This is a ranking that we won. If you don't listen and you don't respond and this isn't meaningful to you, if I didn't have your feedback, if I haven't hadn't met you folks in person, some of you, if I wasn't getting your emails, if I wasn't getting your social interactions, easy for me to say, if we're, we didn't have stuff going on on social media, if I was putting stuff out on YouTube and no one clicked and no one cared, I'm not sure I'd still be doing this. That's the honest truth. I want to thank you very, very much. I suspect their metric <laughs> may be a little... Uh, I don't know how they came up with these results. I really don't. There are a lot of other very good podcasts on that list. Being 25 out of 25 would have been amazing in my mind, would have been fine. The idea to be number one two years in a row is absolutely incredible. I want to thank you all very much, as I said. Now, if this is your first time here and you are wondering what is going on, look, thank you very much for taking a minute to try things out. Crazy intro stuff aside, I am very much about winning the game of casino gambling and helping you win the game of casino gambling as well. Every episode, we have a battle plan so that you know what to expect. This week's battle plan, this episode's battle plan is fairly standard. In fact, almost old school. We're going to do a core concept segment. I, uh, As I promised, I'm going to break down beating the game of bubble craps for you. And that's my claim. 
my claim at this point is I've accumulated enough bubble craps experience, accumulated enough bubble craps data that I want to share just a couple little technique adjustments for you. I want to share some observations that I've made, but I feel very much that uh, bubble craps may be one of the most simple, straightforward, easy games to beat. It may very well be. In fact, I conceptually, there could be a point in the future where I just walk in, beat bubble craps, get my money and leave. And who cares about the tier points? Cause the local casino doesn't give you much of anything anyway. And as a money maker, as not a living a casino lifestyle thing, just go in and get paid and walk out. It may become the easiest, best way to do that. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to share a moment of casino wisdom with you and take a look at one of our most important casino wisdoms that's often easily overlooked. And as a result, I'm going to do that as a result of some information that showed up in my mailbox. So I think that'll be a fun segment. And we will have a travel segment. We took a couple trips in the first couple of weeks of the month, and I want to share those with you. It's been a while since we did one of those. We've been more results focused. We will finish up in the virtual VIP lounge with some sips and a story a story that I think you will find unbelievable. There we go. Very old school, very traditional, very much like we used to do things in the very beginning. Let's get started with that core concept segment. One of the core concepts of Casino Combat, well, let me back up a minute. The core concepts of Casino Combat are foundational gambling principles. They're the things I think are the minimum starting point for having a chance to beat the game of casino gambling. There are a handful of ideas that I formed over years and years and years and years, then kind of put the ideas into, into words to kind of wrap everything up and try to share with all of you. And in the early episodes of the podcast, we went through all of them and we went through all of them in detail multiple times. And I've talked about them in multiple ways. I've done a playlist on our YouTube channel called bootcamp camp is spelled with a K and I go through all of the core concepts and I teach them in short little lessons. And if you have not done so, you should go and listen to those and you should, you should understand those fundamental ideas, those building block ideas. And I've said it before, and I've had some of you feedback to me that uh, it was an important thing that I said. So I'll say it once again. You ought to be able to sit down at some with someone at a kitchen table. You ought to be able to sit down with somebody over a root beer. You ought to be able to sit down at a, at a picnic at, with family members. And if they ask you, you ought to be able to lay out the core concepts. You ought to be able to lay out the basics in your own words, not necessarily in my words. I mean, borrow whatever my words you want. I don't care. But you ought to be able to explain it. You ought to have internalized this enough that you can explain them. I don't go back and do these over and over because, quite frankly, in many ways, we start to live them. I start to live them. It's just fundamental and foundational to what I do. But if you're not familiar, if you can't sit down and lay out the basic core concepts, please go listen to those materials. Please go listen to the many ways and many places that I've done them. There's actually an article uh, on the website that I wrote, a blog post that I wrote that lays them all out in writing. So you have this material in a variety of ways available to you. But one of our core concepts is to make wagers with a minimum house advantage. We are looking for only the best bets to make in the casino. And one of our core concepts is to have a wagering system, maybe you call it a wagering template, 
I'm getting a little less comfortable with that idea of a wagering system because that has some negative connotations. But have a wagering plan that includes both progressive, which means wagers that increase after a win or a series of wins, or regressive, which means wagers that go up after a loss or a series of losses, and then have a bankroll of money appropriate to the wagers that you're going to make. Now, much to my surprise, and if you followed the whole journey, you understand that I was surprised. I knew when I started the podcast that there were a handful of bets in the casino that I could beat. I knew I could beat Blackjack, and that was my game of choice. I knew I could beat Baccarat, either wager, and I knew it bored me. I knew I could beat pass and don't pass at the craps table, and I didn't particularly enjoy that or see any reason to do that because it was a whole hot mess that I barely spent any time on, and it was a theoretical thing. It was mathematically correct, but it's not something I'd spent much time on, and I knew that I could beat a variety of bets on the roulette table, but that the house advantage was large enough compared to the other bets that I could beat that there was no real good reason to bet on roulette because there were better bets available. So given all that math in air quotes that isn't really math at all, but the you understand the foundation math there, the basic math, I played blackjack because the house advantage at blackjack was the lowest possible house advantage I could get excluding sports bets, poker, or the odds bets on the craps table. So there's the, 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 the starting point for all of this. Gabriel got interested in craps. I decided to spend some time exploring craps with him. I had all kinds of great ideas. I had excellent ideas. I used six to win six. It works. I like it. I explored the Iron Cross, and it can work, and I like it. And I was stunned way, way, way back in episode whatever to find out that, in fact, the best bet to beat was the don't pass bet, which has a very small house advantage. The house advantage is about, oh, I forget, about a, a buck four for every hundred wagered. I think that's the right number without looking it up. Black checks about 35 to 45 cents, depending on the exact rules on the table. That's uh, expect to lose 35 or 40 cents per every hundred dollars wagered. The nice thing about craps is that craps has a lot less variance. Craps is never going to put you in a situation where you win all your money for the day on one hand, split three times and doubled twice. And it's never going to have a situation where you split three times and double twice and you just had your day ruined. So there's a lot less spread in the results. And I was stunned to find out that TRG wagering system uh, one. The one, the only, it works fine. Takes forever on the don't pass, but it works fine. TRG2, always be grinding, works excellent. Absolutely excellent. Again, on a real craps table, it just takes a lot of time. And finally, TRG4, win more, keep more, works just great on the don't pass bet at craps. And of course, you could layer on TRG3, the Meta Martingale, on top of any of those and flatten out your results and increase your repetition of success while also risking some bigger days, losses from time to time. And then Equine Ensign, boy, at least I think it was Inner Circle member Equine Ensign, pretty sure it was, but he suggested that bubble craps might be the answer uh, and, and maybe it was same bet. Maybe it was Dave, same bet, Carlin. Um, it it might have been him. But the, the suggestion was made that bubble craps might be a more efficient way to apply 
what I know to craps. Because when you play at a full-blown table, money in, money out, people setting the dice, and, and blah, 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 cross talk, and, and all that. It takes a lot of time. It's not a very efficient. It's much more efficient to play blackjack with the lower house advantage. But they suggested bubble craps, and I decided that I was going to use TRG4, and I was going to collect bubble craps data at very low stakes for an extended period of time, for several months now. I've been doing it since uh, the early part of August, so roughly six months-ish, that I've been collecting this data. And so I did that, and I did it using TRG4, and at first I had to write things down, because doing TRG4 without chips is a bit tricky. It's a bit tricky just to do it mentally. It takes a little focus. And I found out over time I can do that. It's a pretty neat trick, actually, to sit there and do TRG4 only in your mind without chips and figure out where you're at in the process. And I've discovered that I can do that. And I've also discovered that I that I wanted to uh, make a few modifications. So let me kind of lay this out. What I've been doing is going in, Whenever I enter a casino, if they have bubble craps, I sit down and try to play just some small unit size. The nice thing about bubble craps is they'll be $25 regular craps tables and $25 blackjack tables, and you can maybe play craps for as, as little as, bubble craps for as little as $5. I've even seen some bubble craps machines that you can play for $2. So if you're trying to build a bankroll, if you're trying to do some low stakes gambling, because you're just getting started, if you're trying to learn, great great environments for doing all of that, because there's no pressure, there's no one around, it's you sitting in a machine, right? There's no kibitzing back and forth, there's no one complaining about what you're doing, there's no grum- one grumbling about what they're doing, there's no one being jealous, it's just you and a machine and a screen. It's very easy to do, very easy to learn, and so I've just been stopping when I enter each casino and playing just a little bit, and recording my results and doing TRG4 one pass. I'm not adding a Meta Martingale in. I'm not doing any of that. And I've had a couple other players who are not podcast listeners that I've tried to explain it to. They'd walk by and they go, TRG, what are you sitting down here for? Wait, why are you playing these low stakes? And I've tried to explain that I'm just trying to test a theory. And they go, well, test a theory. Grumble, grumble, grumble. They don't get it. They don't understand my bubble crafts machines at my local casino will take wagers as large as $2,000. So yes, I am playing at low stakes. I am playing at very, very low stakes. But if you prove it out and it works and you have the right bankroll, then you could be doing this. Uh, TRG4 sometimes requires a bet up to three times your initial bet. So if you were just doing straight TRG4, no Meta Martingale, your unit size could be $600. Your buy-in could be $6,000. Your wagers could be $600. And you would be shooting to make $3,000 and leave. I don't see any reason that won't work. I mean, it won't work for me. I'm not going to put that much money at risk. Uh, Mrs. TRG would not be happy with that. And that would be not be money I could just reach in the safe and replace. But I could easily do this instead of doing blackjack, take less risk, have a higher chance of success, and just crank out the money for a day and, and walk out the door pretty consistently. I'm, I'm convinced of that. So let me, let me lay it all out for you. Let me walk through all of it. My wagering systems tend to have, as I just laid out for you, a progressive side that is a make your bets larger by some amount after a win or a series of wins. And they have a regressive side, which is to say making your bets larger by some amount after a loss or a series of losses. 
my wagering systems always have the idea of a negative exit point. You're going to leave after losing X amount. They always have a soft positive exit point, which is to say a point at which you're going to start leaving unless you keep winning. And you know, positive exits are a little more nebulously defined because we want to keep winning as long as the winning goes on. And sometimes the winning goes on a long time and you end up making a lot more money. And sometimes it doesn't go on very long at all. That's the most common thing. The most common thing is you say, okay, I'm going to make one more bet. And if I lose that, I'm done. But if I keep winning, I'm going to do this. And that could go for a while. And if it does, great. And most often you just lose that one and you're done. That's the most common thing that happens. And that's fine because then you've hit your positive exit and, and you're done and you're off the machine or you're off the table. So here are those parameters as I'm applying those to bubble craps. In fact, let me back up another step. Let's talk about bubble craps, okay? I've seen two kinds, and I have by no means done an extensive study on this. I have not Google searched every possible option. There may be other varieties, but I've seen two things. I have seen what I call the domed machines, and I never looked at the name on the machine, so they may be called super duper team arena craps or some other name and I just never paid attention. But the basic layout is you have a series of chairs and bedding positions with a screen all surrounding a plastic dome and inside there are two dice and a mechanism for bouncing those dice around and then letting them settle and having a result. No humans touch the dice. The machine does all the work. Those machines you have some dependency on the other players when they make their bets. There's a countdown timer, I believe. But there's the, the timing is controlled by people other than just you. And then the other kind of bubble craps machine that I see is a single player station with a betting screen and two dice on a platform in a transparent tube. And when you push a button, the, the dice are bounced by a platform in that tube and then a result is accomplished. No one else is involved in that. You can repeat that process as quickly as the machine will allow, which is about every three to five seconds. So it's a much more controlled environment. That is my preferred way to play bubble craps. That is the bubble craps machine I am looking for. I really don't... Look, the idea is avoid other people. So if the idea is avoid other people, let's avoid all the other people and just sit down and play where you control the roll of the dice and everything that happens. So I go up to a machine, I put in 10 units. That's my buy-in, 10 units. And obviously I'm going to have enough to make that buy-in at least three more days in a row, right? The experimental bankroll is 30 units. The buy-in is 10 units. That is enough to survive several losing days and still come back and try again. And I'm not seeing very many situations where I have several losing days. Sometimes have two losing days in a row. That's true, but rarely, I don't think I've ever had three. And a bankroll structured this way with the other parameters I'm going to give you gives you plenty of depth. Even if you have to survive three days, you're going to be fine. So I put in 10 units. I make a one unit wager. I am going to use TRG4. And if you're starting out, you probably either want to bring pennies or bring a notepad. No one's going to care if you sit there and write things down. You can sit and write things down at at a craps table, no one cares. No one's going to sit, care if you sit there by yourself at bubble craps with a notebook and write down results. Not going to be unusual, not going to be weird, not going to be something that trips security, but I'm going to play TRG4. And if you're going to play TRG4, you are probably not going to want to do this with your brain. You are probably going to want to have some type of mechanical way of keeping track of your two stacks of chips. My negative exit point is when I have lost 
seven units or when I have lost such that I cannot make the next bet. Now, that's a little different than the way I do it at Blackjack, and I admit that, and I also admit that means you could just buy in for seven units. Again, I like the discipline. I like the mental toughness. I like the guardrail of saying, I am going to walk away when I could continue to play. I think that discipline is important for me. If you find out otherwise, cool. Let me know what I do. Casino Combat at CasinoCombat.com. Spell combat with a K. So that's my negative. That's my bankroll. It's my unit size. Bankroll, buy-in, unit size, negative exit point, lost seven or For instance, suppose I've lost six and the wagering system says the next unit or the next wager is two units. Well, I can't make a two unit wager and still walk away with three units. So I'm going to walk away with three units or with more than three units if I can't make the next bet required by the wagering process. The positive exit point that I am using for this experiment or refined down to in this experiment is... I have won five units or I have made the correct wager, which would take me to a five unit win and I lose that wager. I have found the best way to win consistently and particularly because in my case, I'm then going and doing blackjack and doing other things. So if I've won, if I've won four units, my win stack is four, my play stack is 10, I bet I bet one unit out of my play stack and I lose, then I'm done and it's a three-unit win. That is the starting point of a positive exit. The starting point of a positive exit for me is I have made the be done positive exit bet that or lose and that's it. I'm not trying to continue the chain and, and getting back to that full five units. I'm stopping it. Four, I'm stopping at three and a half. I'm stopping whatever that amount is. But what's that's I told you a minute ago, right? We're going to try to extend that if we win it. If we make that final bet that puts us at the positive exit amount, we'd like to extend it. We'd like to keep winning if winning, continuing to win is something that the random results will generate. So how do I handle that? I said we need this kind of soft positive exit point, right? So the way I've handled that, I make that what will be, if lost, the last bet, and if won, will accomplish the positive exit point. And with the unit size that I'm using, as I said, a lot of these machines will take a bet as small as $2. So with the unit size I'm using, I make what we would call a half unit additional wager. So if we're on a two unit machine, and I was using a $4 unit size, and get all the way to the point where I've... I've won five units, then I would make a $2 wager. If I win that, I put half on the win stack and half on the wager. Now I make a $3 wager. If I win that, I've won an additional three bucks. Two bucks goes in the go home pile, the win plus what I started with pile, and $1 goes on the wager. If I win that, that's one $4. Keep three. I put one more dollar on the wager, okay? Whenever I lose that wager, whether it's the $2 wager, the $3 wager, the $4 wager, the $5, the $6, the $7, the whenever I lose that wager, then I'm done, and I record the results. As I said, 
probably the most common thing that I see happen when I get to that point is I make that $2 wager and it's lost. The number of times I make that $2 don't pass wager, big red or an 11 and I lose, but the number of times I make that wager and lose is a very high percentage. Sometimes I make just a little money. Every once in a while, I double or triple what I wanted to take home before I finally lose. That $2 wager becomes like a $12 or a $14 wager or something ridiculous. And now I'm just putting big chunks into my take it with me um, calculation because obviously I don't have chips. So I'm finding it very playable. I'm finding it very doable. I'm finding it very efficient. And the last thing I want to comment on here is, is, is some of the math behind this because we talk about the idea of wagers with a minimum house advantage. And I said that the don't pass is about a buck four from memory, about a dollar and four cents per hundred. If I got that wrong, I didn't look it up. I'm being transparent. So here's the thing. We make that first wager or any wager. And if we get big red or an 11, we lose. If we get a two or three, we win. If we get any other number, if we get four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, now we're waiting and we win if big red happens and we lose if the same number happens again. So we make our don't pass bet. The dice are rolled, bounced, not really rolled, but the dice are bounced and the number generated is a ten. We don't win or lose. The condition now is we lose if another ten is rolled. And we win if Big Red, S-E-V-E-N, is rolled. We win. And now, while the house had an advantage when we placed the bet, we now have the advantage. Because it is much more likely from a probability point of view, do all the math, do all the odds. We are now betting at that moment where we made the bet and a 10 was generated, and now the dice are going to roll and roll and roll until one of those two things happens, the 10 or the big red. But it's much more likely that a big red is going to be rolled every time than a 10. The advantage just went to us. Our risk just went way down. Does that mean we always win? No. Have I had situations where I sat down and it was a big red, and then 11, and then big red, and then big red, and then a 10, and then a 10? And then a big red and a minus seven. Yeah, I had that happen once. It wasn't fun. Losing his data. I think I've said that once or twice, but losing his data. And it is, it's just data in the spreadsheet. But the point being, anything can happen. But when the first roll is a 10 and your bet is that big red will happen before 10, you're on the right side of the odds. That is the wonderful thing about this. And there's no nothing that's going to happen that's going to make you have to put more money in the game which is also lowering the risk. So I like bubble craps for a variety of reasons, and I do want you to understand that math, and I do want you to understand that I've put slightly different guardrails on it for myself. I've structured I structured some of the details of TRG4 just a little differently for bubble craps, which I guess is, uh, as I'm freestyling this, I guess that's the last thing I'm going to leave you with, and I think we'll come back to this idea again in the fairly near future. I've got some ideas on this front. I'm well aware that several of you, and I love being well, I say well aware, like that's a bad thing. No, well aware is a great thing. I appreciate you making me aware. Let me say it that way. Many of you have taken what I've talked about and intentionally or unintentionally modified it. I know, for instance, that Equine Ensign has modified the regressive part of TGR, of, of TRG4, win more, keep more. 
He's modified it, and he does the uh, increasing after losing slightly differently than I do. My sense of it is, without having actually tried it enough times, my sense of it is it makes the recovery a little slower, but it increases slightly the probability of recovery by reducing the downsize risk. And that's a complicated thing to explain. He'll understand it immediately. You'd probably have to see it with the two of us to really get it. I know a couple other people that just misunderstood and started doing something, in air quotes, wrong, which is to say just differently than I do it, but it still falls within the, the ideas that I've expressed. And when they figured out that they'd been doing it wrong, they went, ah, I still think I like it. And they kept doing it that way. That's perfect. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. The idea, once again, that's that PhD level of knowledge, right? You know, you start out and you're taught, this is how you do a thing. Then when you get to be a master of it, you may find a little thing that you like differently here and a little thing you like differently there. And it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that what you learned was wrong. It just means you found an adjustment that better suits you. If I was teaching you to wrestle and I was teaching you how to do a cradle, I would show you, well, first you do this to set it up and then you do this and then you lock your hands like this. But I know another guy who would teach you the same setup and he would teach you the same second step, then he'd tell you, teach you to lock your fingers just a little differently because his hands are bigger than mine and he gets a better grip if he locks his hands this way. And then I know another guy who he teaches you to lock your hands a little differently. I know another guy who likes a different setup. It all leads to a very similar goal. We're trying to pin our opponent and win the match, score points if we don't pin our opponent, and none of those three people are wrong. They're just different. So these are my tweaks to my blackjack process that seems to more consistently work for me at bubble craps. And that's not to say that TRG4 exactly as demonstrated on the YouTube channel does not work just fine at bubble craps with a don't pass bet. It does. It absolutely works just fine. In fact, it all works just fine on the pass line bet. It does. It works just fine. It'll work there too. It's just your, the, the pass line bet has a slightly sm larger house advantage. Why would I give the house a slightly larger advantage than I need to when they're perfectly happy to let me have a lower house advantage? Once again, back to the core concepts. Make wagers with the smallest possible house advantage. Find minimum house advantage wagers to make. And so Bubble Crafts fits all of the core concepts perfectly. I've tested it out. I've made some adjustments and I do want to put this, why I put this out here is if you are trying to build a bankroll, if you're trying to build experience, if you are trying to practice some of this and you're not sure you can do it and you're looking for a lower stakes option or you're looking for an option, you're not quite ready to go up to a blackjack table or a crafts table with people who know what they're doing, bubble craps is a great option. Bubble Crafts doesn't have any funny business behind the scenes with computers generating random numbers for cards. It doesn't have any of those things going on that we might be a bit concerned about. Low house advantage wager. Our wagering process applies. All the core concepts apply. Everything works. I've tweaked the exit points just a little to get some more consistency out of it for my, from my experiences. And I've laid that all out for you now. And if you apply it, if you decide you're going to do this and if you have some success, love to hear about it. If you have some 
tweaks that you find that you like better. Please share those with me too. TRG at CasinoCombat.com. What I do at CasinoCombat.com. I would love to hear all those things from you. Okay, the next thing we are going to do is a moment of casino wisdom. Casino wisdoms combine knowledge or information about how casinos work with an action to be taken in certain situations, or most of them do. That's the template we try to follow with them. And let me stop right there and say, if you're just hearing about casino wisdoms for the first time, you weren't aware that they exist, or you've only heard a couple of them, if you go to the website and go to the Fred section, you can download the Casino Combat Book of Casino Wisdom, which is just a PDF that lists all the casino wisdoms with no number and the number of the episode in which they were first introduced. So the first place that I happen to have talked about a particular casino wisdom is, is covered there. So you can download all these. You can have a sense of what is going on. And I wanted to talk about one of our casino wisdoms today, which, as I said in the open, I think is very, very, very important. And in many ways, I think it's a bit self-obvious, but self-obvious to me is often not obvious to someone who's just getting started. And so I wanted to talk today about casino wisdom number 63, plan around your promotions. And this goes right along with one of our core concepts, which is have and use a player's card. Because it also goes with one of our core concepts, which is play for the month, not the table, the machine, or the day. You will usually have a cash profit at the end, but if you don't have a cash profit at the end, make up your losses in comps and gifts. That is the most fundamental aspect of casino combat, acknowledging that there will be some losing months, particularly if you're not funded for a Meta Martingale approach, aren't comfortable with it, you're going to have some losing months. And who cares, as I've said probably in episode one, who cares if you lose $100 and then they send you on an airplane, put you in a hotel room, feed you several dinners, give you free drinks, and take you to a sporting event? Then the 100 bucks doesn't matter. At least it didn't matter to us when that happened to us and we kind of realized that uh, promotions were a good way to take advantage of casinos. And so I, I got a couple mailers, got a couple things in the mail, and... This this is part of the process, everyone. You go to a casino, you go follow our core concepts, you get a player's card, you use it every time you gamble, and then they will send you promotional items to encourage you to come back and play some more and stay some more and get some more free stuff. So I thought I would take a couple of the promotions that I got that are unusual because they're not places that I go very much. And so the first one I wanted to look at and I had to actually open it to figure out what it is. And I'm just going to kind of open it and go through it here with you. But I had to open it because it's from The One Club. And I went, The One Club, The One Club. Is that is that Casino One? No, that's not Casino One. Casino One is something else. And I opened I realized, oh, Club One, The One Club is the Circa and the D and the Golden Gate on Fremont Street in Las Vegas. And you may recall, if you've been listening for a while, that I've been trying to kind of build that relationship with them while staying on the Strip because I'd really like to go spend some time at Circa. We've stayed at, at uh, the D in the past, and we would stay there again, particularly because you can also use the pool at Circa when you stay there. But we've been trying to build up the relationship so that we could, in fact, stay on Fremont Street in Las Vegas where 
The rules are better. It's more an old school Vegas feel. We would still go to the strip and use some of our promotions there and get our free play and all that. We might even check in both places so that we could use resort credits and that kind of stuff. But right now, blackjack on the strip is really kind of yucky. The rules are bad. The availability is bad. The table limits are horrible. And so uh, Circa and the D and staying downtown could be an attractive part of one of our trips so if we were planning a trip and if we were using casino wisdom number 63 and planning around our promotions let's see what our options would be so i open it up and on the inside right away it says that i'm going to i'm welcome to enjoy the club one member rate at circa one time and it doesn't say number oh minimum two nights may be required so it doesn't tell me how many nights it just says i get a discounted rate at circa and i have one offer code for march and one offer code for april and a note that it's not available march 15th 15th to the 18th and i'm going to assume that's probably the first weekend of uh, the ncaa march madness basketball tournament not a surprising um uh, blackout time. That that makes sense. I have two three two free nights Sunday to Thursday at the D, and I have two free nights Sunday to Thursday at Golden Gate. And obviously, I can't use both of those. Those are pick your pick your place, either of those kind of thing. And it's not uncommon to see this Sunday through Thursday offer when you're not yet. You kind of haven't impressed them enough. You haven't shown them enough action for them to be willing to give you a Friday, Saturday when when their demand is up. And I'm sure that they would give you a a discounted rate on those days before. So we've reached a point where if I wanted to go to Las Vegas, take Mrs. TRG and go to Las Vegas, we could easily spend three or four nights. And this is the neat part. This is where you get to stack things. This is planning. If I was planning a trip, I would be trying to see how many nights could we get with MGM. You know, maybe stay at New York, New York, kind of on the Tropicana intersection of the Strip. Bet we could stay there three or four nights, have resort credits, have free play. So that's money to eat and money to gamble. And then we could go spend two nights, as long as they're in the middle of the week, at the D and enjoy all of that relationship, those three properties, and have three places within walking distance to gamble. The points all count for the same reward system. And then we could probably go and spend a couple, three nights at any of the Caesars properties. Three, three, two. We're at uh, uh, eight or nine nights, obviously. That's a long time to spend in Vegas. That is a lot of time to spend in Las Vegas. But we could easily layer our offers and do that. So back at my back at my mailer, I see that we could uh, have the world's largest sports book. And it's just a, a commercial, an advertisement to download their app and then upcoming events oh this is cool i am invited to a free viewing party at circa to watch march madness of course they're not comping me those nights i am invited to uh honestly it's four different viewing parties at four different venues one's in the galaxy ballroom one's at the pool that could be fun one's at another one of the properties uh, oh, it's one of the bars. So there are different viewing parties on different dates, and they're all listed as free, which would suggest to me that if you just walked up and wanted to go, there would be some type of price attached to that. And usually the ones in the ballrooms and the um, the bars, usually there'll be some food available and places to bet. It'd be a fun way to go watch some of the basketball tournament. That's for sure. They are inviting us to... 
one of two venues, doesn't say it's free, but they're suggesting that one of their two venues would be a great place to watch the opening day of baseball on the 30th, a promotion for their sports book. I have free entries to four different slot tournaments. Slot tournaments require no skill, by the way. You just sit down and mash a button, and if you do well enough, then you... Uh, then, then you win some money, but four different free slot tournaments. Once again, if you're going out anyway, why not plan around your promotion and plan your stay around the slot tournament and spend some of your time playing in the slot tournament? Let's see, what's this? What's this? Uh, they're just showing me that if I spend money, I get tier credits. Uh, I got a free t-shirt on St. Patrick's Day. So free t-shirt giveaway once again. So it looks like I could, yep. I could combine St. Patrick's Day free t-shirt with a slot tournament. Yep, that would work too. And finally, this one looks really interesting. This is a bit pricey, and I'm not sure this is much of a discount, but uh, Circa has a rooftop uh, cocktail bar that I've just heard amazing, amazing things about. Heard great things. It is on my list of things to make sure we do on one of our next couple of trips. But it is a sunset package, a champagne toast at sunset, two handcrafted cocktails, and fire pit seating, $75 per person. That's a bit pricey. Those are expensive cocktails and an expensive glass of champagne. But if you're guaranteeing me a seat at the fire pit, I think that sounds pretty cool. I think that sounds pretty fun. I would, uh, I would take them up on that offer. That, that is an offer that if I was doing these other things, if I was getting the free rooms and I was playing in the free slot tournaments and, and I was getting the free t-shirt or going to the free viewing party, I would love to take Mrs. TRG up to the Legacy Club and, and enjoy it and try it out. And that looks like a fun way to do that. And let's see, just some promotions for some bars, nothing giveaway. Oh, here we go. $40 in food and beverage credit once in March and once in April. So kind of they set it up a little bit backwards. But not bad, not bad at all. So there is some food available here, a beverage credit or a food and beverage credit to be spent. So there's some free food or free money to spend on food and drinks. There is a, I get a $15 free bet once in March and once in April at Circa. And that makes sense. That's where I did most of my gambling. And if I earn 100 points, and I'm not super familiar with their point system, that may be a lot. It sounds like a lot, but there's four different periods, and in each period, if I earn 100 points, oh, okay. So, if you went March 1st through the 15th, you could earn 100 points twice. So, maybe that isn't very many. You could earn 100 points twice at any point during that period. So, it doesn't have to be all in one day. You could be there for several days, or if you were local, you could be there multiple times. And once you get to 100 points, you get $5 in free slot play. And you can earn up to 100 points twice. So you earn 100 points, $5 free slot play. You come back and do it again the next day, another $5 of free slot play. Honestly, for a place I haven't been very often and where I have admittedly been trying to reach the point where I'm getting some nice comps, th those are nice enough comps. That, that you, could put to, you could plan around your promotions. You could follow this casino wisdom. And you could make, you, you could take out a fair amount of free stuff if you stayed for free at the D, took advantage of everything in Circa, played in the slot tournament, went to a viewing party, had your food and beverage credit. In fact, I'd have to look, but the, the big boy move, the big boy move or the big girl move or the big I don't care about gender roles move would be, let me look at the calendar here. Let me roll out and look at the calendar here. Mm, doesn't quite work. 
Doesn't quite work. But you could almost do, if, if Friday, Saturday is the problem. What I'm looking at is March 31st is a Friday. I was looking to see if you could do two nights, the 30th and 31st, on your March promotions and then do the first and the second on your April promotions. promotions. You couldn't. I'd have to do two nights midweek at the end of March and then go do three nights at MGM and then go back and do two nights to plan around my promotions and really maximize my value from, from that group of properties. But that's a nice set of offers from three properties with good gambling in an interesting place that you can kind of package all together and do a variety of different things. In fact, I wonder if I could use my $40 food and beverage credit to kick down some of the cost of those expensive cocktails in Circa. And then the other one I wanted to look at here as we talk about this casino wisdom and planning around our promotion is for results, resorts, hmm, got results on my mind, for resorts, casino, and hotel on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And I pulled this one out instead of just pitching it in the trash because we have gambled at resorts maybe twice in, in all our visits to Atlantic City over the past year. We hadn't been there Prior to 2022, I don't think ever, once again, maybe once, one time, we've been there like a couple times, mostly because they have a, a little Jimmy Buffett-themed bar out on the boardwalk that we, we really like to go get an appetizer and watch the ocean and the seagulls. So we've only gambled there once or twice at most, spread out with large spaces of time in between. So let's see what we've got here. I open this up, and I see that right away... On at the first thing that hits my eye is I can have a complimentary room, enjoy one or two nights stay, valid once each week, seven days a week, February and March. That's pretty cool. Could literally go there every week for eight weeks and stay for two nights, any day of the week. So even on the weekends, even come in on Friday and Saturday night and they're happy to do that. And then for the first half of February and for the second half of February on every day except Saturday, we have 10 dining dollars and it's good at some cafes. It's good at that land shark bar and the Margaritaville restaurant that we like or for in-room dining. And we don't see in-room dining available nearly as much. So that would be once again, that'd be a fun thing to do. In fact, I would be willing to do that if we were going to go over and we're not. Next, next, this time next year, this will be a much more interesting offer. Mrs. TRG will be retired. We will have more flexibility. We're not going to get to Atlantic City in the middle of the teaching year as a couple. But certainly, we would go stay at Tropicana for a few nights and then go down and stay at resorts. Or we would go stay at Borgata and then go over and stay at resorts. So now let's flip the page and see what else. Uh, they're telling me we got Jazz Night at Bar 1. Okay, they're telling me they got a sports book. Okay, they're telling me they have an indoor pool that is heated year-round and it's open seven days a week. Mrs. TRG would enjoy that. Uh, Valentine's pop-up bar. Once again, that could be fun. And then it says Monday or Tuesday gift series in February. You will receive a free gift. It does not say earn a free gift. It says you will receive a free gift or you can choose $15 in slot play which suggests these are retail gifts valued at about 30 bucks. Hmm, not sure I quite see that. It's a pair of football tumblers. The first giveaway is a pair of football tumblers that are branded. 
Um, yeah, wouldn't care about that. Not a promotion I would plan around. Would I pick them up if I was there? Probably, but I am not making any effort to get two tumblers with the word resorts, casino, hotel on them and decorated like a football. Resorts sweatshirt. I kind of would get that. Once again, I don't know that I'd wear a resort sweatshirt to the resorts hotel and casino, but it'd be really cool to wear it in Biloxi or Tunica or Las Vegas, unless it's hot in Las Vegas, but it looks like a nice enough hoodie. And then there is a rice cooker. Don't know anything about cooking rice, can't comment, but there is a rice cooker that looks like a nice enough rice cooker if you need to cook rice. And then we roll down and we find out that Wednesdays or Thursdays, so that's a Monday-Tuesday promotion, Wednesdays or Thursdays, we will receive two bottles of wine, or we can choose slot play, or we can... (laughs) Okay, actually we can do that, or free slot play, or either of those two. We can do the wine, or the slot play, and then we also receive more slot play. So you could, yeah, that's easy. It's like, do you want more slot play? Do you want wine and slot play? Do you want wine? Lots of choices there. That's a good one. On Sunday the 5th, we get a football-shaped popcorn maker. I guess it doesn't matter what shape your popcorn maker is as long as it makes popcorn. So on that Monday, Sunday, there's a free popcorn maker. So we can start to string these together now a little bit. You can start to string together your Thursdays with your Sundays maybe... Maybe make that all happen. On February 10th, we get a 52-piece box of Valentine's candy. And on February 11th, we can get either a $20 Visa gift card or $20 in free slot play. Good choices there. So that's really nice. February 3rd, there's a 10-point tier multiplier. February 17th, there is a comp multiplier, depending on your level. There is mystery cash back on February 19th. There is 10 times cash back on February 4th and February 24th. Wow, that's a lot. There is a, okay, those are not comp. There's a Valentine's performance, a comedy club performance. There is a murder mystery. There is Michael Jackson Live. All those are just things you'd pay for. Okay. And then I look at, they got a calendar here, and I look at the calendar, and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen days where they are giving us some amount of slot cash, which I assume is free slot play lots of days and that's in addition to kind of everything else so there's lots of ways to plan around these promotions there's lots of ways that you could put this together if you were close enough just on a straight up trip if you were like ece and ace inner circle member east coast emissary and his lovely wife you certainly could move down from oceans just long enough to pick up your bottles of wine and then EC would probably tell me they aren't very good bottles of wine because he's our he's our uh, wine expert. But uh, lots of good promotions here that you could plan around if you already were going to be in Atlantic City to pick up as extra benefits, little extra free slot play, free football-shaped popcorn popper. And you laugh about a football-shaped popcorn popper, but I guarantee you, or I laugh about it, but I guarantee you that next fall, someone is going to ask us to contribute to some type of basket to support a football team 
or to support some other sports team. So we can take the popcorn popper and we can take some popcorn and we can take some season salt for popcorn or some other popcorn related things and maybe one of the gift cards that we've been given by our local casino. So there's some money there that they could be used to buy some food for a football party and suddenly we've done a football party basket and we've donated to charity and in this context we've bought the coffee and we've bought the coffee by using some of what we've been given by casinos that we don't need so that's a good way that we could use some of those things very interesting promotions very uh, kind of disappointed that i probably realistically have no easy way to use any of these and none of these on their face are so good that you just have to go use them but i wanted to show you these it stuck out at me because both of these are places i haven't spent a lot of time i certainly have spent no effort building a relationship with resorts but they are in particularly it's off season for them it's cold you can't go to the ocean but you can go to the pool they're more than happy to give me hotel nights and food and slot play and sweatshirts and all that other stuff just for showing up and showing my smiling face. All right, I think that helps. I think I've shown you how you can plan around your promotions and how great some of your promotions can be with relatively small amounts of gambling. The next thing we're going to do, we have not done this for a while. We're going to squeal the wheels and we're going to do a travel segment. All right, let's go. Here we go. It is good to be able to squeal those tires once again. It has been a while since we got to do a travel segment. I got a couple of weeks of gambling to tell you about at the beginning of January 2023. And um, I'm going to focus on the travel piece today. I'm going to give you results. But here's the reality. I'm back to work on January 2nd. Um, and I'm thinking in my head, it's like that recording of Bill Belichick at the parade screaming, no days off, no days off, the chant that uh, really didn't go anywhere. And and that's how kind of I was feeling going into the new year. There had been good reasons to take some blocks of time off and, and do family things and holiday things and, and to give myself a little breather and a little break. But by January 2nd, it was time to get back to work. It was time for no days off. Having said all that, locally, I don't have a lot to share with you. I don't have a lot to share with you that's interesting. I did have kind of a funny, silly, ironic uh, tidbit unrelated to outcomes that I'm going to share with you in the virtual VIP lounge just a bit later. But I had nine local visits. I I made the stops at the horse track on the way back from seeing customers. I got the free stuff. I got the free food. I picked up the gift cards. Honestly, I just did a lot of tier one winning days. In those nine visits, there were no losing days. There may have been a tier two day there, but it was boring. If if winning can be boring, this was boring. In fact, Billy with the great last name has actually started posting some of those days too boring to podcast as kind of he and I have been talking about them to to the Casino Combat Squad Facebook group. So if you want to hear about those boring days in some details in almost real time, join join the squad on Facebook, join the, the Casino Combat Squad Facebook group, and Billy, I think, will probably continue to share some of those things for me. He often checks in and uh, you know when he thinks I'm going to be wrapping up to see how things went, to see uh, what's going on. And I don't know, a month or so ago, I was like, oh, this one was too boring to, to bother on the podcast. There's really nothing happened. It's just I won this and I won this and I left. And he's like, well, can I post that? And I was like, sure, go ahead. I don't, <laughs> if you think people will be interested, I certainly don't mind uh, if, if you post that kind of stuff. But it was those days. Go in, win some bubble craps, pick up some free stuff, talk to some friends, all great stuff. Just 
not anything particular to tell you about other than, as I said, this one kind of weird, bizarre uh, tidbit that we'll get to later. So I wanted to focus in this travel segment on travel. I wanted to focus on two trips we took, and I want to kind of compare those for you, kind of compare and contrast, as my eighth grade English teacher would have said. Um, And it's not really a tale of two properties, but I want to compare these two different properties because ultimately, as we'll get to at the end, I, I noticed some meaningful differences. I think there's a learning piece there for me. I hope that's a learning piece there for you. So let's kind of break this down. We started out with our old friend Casino One, which is two hours east and south of our home. The casino where this podcast, you know, the casino where this podcast started in a lot of ways because Casino One was the first casino that I had regular access to. The first casino with table games that I could get to with a short drive at a time in my life when my kids were old enough to be the older two driving themselves. And so I was able to get down there kind of on a, on a almost weekly basis, sometimes more than a weekly basis, and, and, and really refine what I had learned about blackjack play and about beating table games generically in a lot of other places. I was able to go on a regular basis. I was able to advance in a reward system. I was able to start using comps in a variety of ways. And so well well before this podcast started, this casino helped me refine my ideas and my thinking. And then in episode two, all the way back in episode two, as we sit here at episode 106, we went to this casino for the first time. We started the process of trying to educate, entertain, and inform by going to this casino. And so it's strange to walk in now and remember that first visit. Remember how scared we were, timid we were. It, it's kind of fascinating to 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 look think back on that as we walk in and see the the blue circle still painted on the on the sidewalk, the social distancing circles where we were supposed to stand to to keep distance from each other. It's interesting to see that the uh, the hand sanitizer dispensers are still all over the place, and mostly they're empty, if we're being honest, and I'm not sure that's a good thing. It's interesting to walk by the uh, the uh, the sanitizing wipes that you can pull out of the bucket and, and wipe down a slot machine if you're concerned. And I checked, and almost all of those are bone dry, so nobody is really using those either. So we're seeing... Um, we're seeing the differences. We're seeing the changes. We, uh, we, we laughed because for like the first four, five, six times that we visited this casino, uh, as the pandemic started to wane a little bit, we would remark, Oh, there's that orange Jeep at the, the dealership in this little town you drive through. Oh, there's that orange Jeep. Oh, there's that orange Jeep. Well, they still haven't sold that orange Jeep. Nobody wants to buy that orange Jeep. Eventually the orange Jeep went away. It was really kind of cool. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't have mind having it at all. The point being that we're note, we notice when a little store closes, we notice when a little store opened. We actually noticed this time that uh, a brand new taco and tequila place had opened up in town. And it's a small town that other than a, a takeout pizza place and a hot dog stand and a bar or two, we probably wouldn't go into. Uh, if there's such a thing as a bar, we wouldn't go into. <laughs> uh, they'd opened this new really fancy taco and tequila place. And we noted that on the way in. Point being, we kind of know this area well. And we have a host there, Bubba, and he always takes such good care of us. Uh, even if the mailer that they sent us doesn't include a room comp or won't, you know, the room the room rate is is listed comped on Sunday through Thursday, but on Friday and Saturday they want some money from us. He always just comps us. It's never been a, a struggle. 
And I have a theory that this casino is struggling a bit at this point, and this is going to be relevant to our compare and contrast here. I think they may be struggling a little bit because they sent out an email a few weeks back announcing that they now had $5 blackjack tables once again, that the $5 blackjack tables were back. And that's an indication to me that perhaps recession or inflation or a combination of both is is driving down the the the, the wager price for them to keep people's at people at tables and playing. You don't see $5 tables very often. At least not I do not see $5 tables very often. Uh almost never. And interestingly along that same thought train of thought our most recent mailers Mrs. TRG's said she can have two consecutive nights once a week, every week of the month, and mine says the same thing. So room comps aren't going to be an issue, but think about that. If we lined it up with the end of one week and the beginning of the next, the next week, Mrs. TRG could do two nights and I could do two nights. Then Mrs. TRG could do two nights and I could do two nights. We could go stay there for eight nights, nine days, if we could do it without going stir crazy. So they're more than happy to host us. I'm not sure we could do it. There's not a lot to do around there. Uh, maybe in the summer. Maybe if it keeps going, maybe we'll try that little trick in the summer just for content. I mean, we could pop over to our home casino, Casino 2, but then that gets really crazy, doesn't it? Because if you could just line that up a little bit, right? If you could just line it up a little bit, you could do a night or two at Casino 2, and maybe they wouldn't comp both of those. But then you could do the eight days at um at casino one and then you could pop back to casino two and then pop back for another you probably go live there for for a big chunk of of you know over half of a month over you know almost two weeks probably total or more if you could stand it so you could be a casino if we were if we had trace here he'd tell you that that's being a casino nomad right? K-N-O-W-M-A-D, Nomad. Uh, check out that episode. Uh, if, if I said home casino to you, if you're new and I mentioned home casino and you're like, home casino? Home casino's away from his house. It's not his local casino. My home casino is not my local casino. And I've had some people comment that that's weird. It's not weird in my mind. Just, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm way off the, 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 the notes here. I'm way off the talking points. But a home casino for me has got to have a hotel. It's got to have a pool. It's got to have a spa. It's got to have a variety of restaurants. My local casino doesn't have any of those things. I feel fortunate that my local casino has carpeting, not sawdust. My local casino is a place to go to work. It is not a resort. And I, I, my home casino is going to be a resort. It's going to be a place that I enjoy and want to spend time in. Uh, I like seeing my friends at my local casino, but it feels like work. It doesn't feel like home. Ironically, and, and this is part of our compare and contrast, our match bets and our food comps, other than using free tax-free imaginary money, uh, aren't very good at Casino One. I mean, we're happy to get the match bets, and we managed to get a couple match bets in, uh, both of us, on, on this weekend trip. They're fine. We're not complaining. We're certainly not complaining when the, when the room is free and we get free tax-free imaginary money. So no complaints, and no complaints with the restaurants here. We've talked about in the past, have a great steakhouse, an amazing steakhouse. They have a, a, a really fun sports bar. They have a deli. They have a cafe. They do not have room service. They do not have valet. They do not have a bell staff to speak of. But we love Casino One. 
we we had a, a a great time. We went and tried out that uh, taco and tequila place. We did go for two nights because we had so many comp nights available because we're just, as she wraps up her teaching career, more and more Mrs. TRG is finding that she really just wants to get away on the weekends, put school down, not be tempted to grade papers or this or that. And so even though it's a bit of a hassle to get out of town on a Friday when she gets off work, and even though we really don't get there, you know, by the time we get there, get settled in, get checked in, get cleaned up a little bit and get down to the casino it's usually 7 30 8 o'clock closer to 8 we've got a few hours to gamble but that gives us all day saturday it really makes it feel like we went away for the weekend and that's what she's been looking for and trying to find you know let's face it she did the heavy lifting for christmas right that's the way it works in a lot of the households i'm aware of i did the things i did the heavy lifting but i meant metaphorically right she planned the menus she did the shopping i tried to help as much as i could with cooking and that kind of stuff and I always we always joke that she does the shopping and then I fix the shopping she missed by running out at the last minute and picking up all kinds of things that that she didn't get or didn't get enough of or forgot about or lost or any of that kind of stuff so she after a very hectic December in all ways as you've heard she was ready for some time off and we had a great time taco and tequila place was great we had a good time we had a lot of fun we did a little too much of this and a little too much of that and and it was wonderful and we came home with more money than we started with. And that's a wonderful thing. I we Maybe it's just us. Maybe we're just the only ones that think it is really cool that we go away for multiple weekends and come back with more money than we started. And we don't think a lot of people can do that. So fun trip. And then I'm going to contrast it for you with the next trip that we took. The following weekend was my birthday. There was a national holiday on Monday. So Mrs. TRG didn't have to work. So we were able to do a Saturday-Sunday trip, and that worked out nice, right? We'd have to rush out after uh, after work on Friday. We were able to to roll into the, to the resort early afternoon. We were fortunate that we got to check in, but not really a big deal. So we went to that... Uh, I got a hold of the independent casino host I've been, been working with and asked him if he could set us up for a couple nights at the... Uh, I never know what to call these things. I don't want to offend any. We went to the Indigenous Peoples Reservation, three hours north and east of our home. We didn't get comped, and I'm going to come back to that multiple times and show it to you from multiple angles, but they do have valet, they do have bell staff, they do have room service. So we were able to roll in, hand off our bags, hand off our vehicle, and and be there nice and early, get checked in nice and early. This is a very, very, from an amenities point of view, as I said, valet's back up and running, room service is back up and running. It's an hour further than Casino One, but Casino One doesn't have those things. And this is an apples-to-apples comparison, since this property also has $5 tables. Sometimes not on Saturday night, but honestly by Monday, by Monday morning when we left, they were down to a $5 table, a $10 table, and a $50 table, which they considered, quote, high limit. And that's fair. $50 is a fair high limit table. So very much an apples to apples comparison with Casino One in terms of tables and games. Uh, from an amenities point of view, uh, this casino wins. Rooms are amazing and immaculate and well thought out and usb ports where you want them and and just anything that you could could want in that regard what was fascinating is that so based on the limits right based on the way we gamble the idea that when our host called 
and said, hey, they'd like to come in for a couple of nights, the response he got was, well, we'll do the casino rate, but they really didn't gamble much last time. So I'm thinking, what? What What are you, you're a $5 table place? You're a $10 table place even on Saturday night? And you don't think I gambled enough to be comped? And so I pulled out the records and I sent him to him. I said, I'm not complaining and that's fine. And I'll go into more of that in a minute. I said, I'm not complaining, but here's our play record. Is is this a small amount of play from your point of view? Just not mad. Just I, I just want to learn. And when, what I kind of said to him was, they wouldn't let us check in till three. My play records show that even with checking in after three o'clock, having to get settled into our hotel room in a hotel we don't know, having to go get players' cards, we still made our first slot plays before 4 o'clock p.m. He said, and we show table play following the slot play until just before 7, and we showed that just after 7.30 p.m., we recorded an expense of eating dinner at the cafe. And then we gambled again starting at like around 7.45, and the last entry is almost 11.30 at night, and it's video poker results and the expenses of drinks at a bar. I'm assuming we went for a nightcap and to listen to some music and had one drink and played some video poker. I said, I'm a, I'm a little confused here by this. This doesn't seem normal to me. If I can't check in until 3... And I gamble pretty much constantly from 4 to uh, after 11 o'clock. I said, I'm almost 60 years old. I am not staying up till 2, 3, 4 in the morning when I've got to be out of their property by 11 a.m. What exactly were they expecting us to do? And he said, I don't really know. He goes, you know, I work with this brand lightly. You're, you know, I normally work with their, their brand at some other locations. I don't really know what they were expecting there, but that looks fine to me. And if you don't want to go, please don't change your gambling. And if you'd rather not go, because I'm saying to him, look, I can drive an hour less and be comped all I want at a place just a little bit less nice. I said, and I could go to, and I gave him the name. I was like, I can go to my home casino, Casino 2, and they're willing to comp me one night, and they're willing to charge me, they're willing to comp me Sunday and charge me less than this property's casino rate to stay the same nights. And I said, I could go to an MGM property the other direction, a shorter distance, and again, stay for less money at a much nicer place. And he goes, well, I understand if you, like my feelings aren't hurt if you don't want to go. And I said, you know, we're going to go try this one more time. We'd both like to do something different. We both liked this, this property a great deal when we were there. And they have a entertainment schedule. They have an amphitheater, I think they call it. You know, it's, it's not a ballroom. It seats thousands of people, and and they have a, a rotation of comedians and musical acts that are are names you would know. I mean, we're not getting Taylor Swift and we're not getting Adele, but we're getting bands from the from the seventies and eighties. We're getting comedians that are current comedians, things we'd like to go see. And honestly, the casino rate wasn't a lot of money. I couldn't stay at my local Holiday Inn for what they were charging as the casino rate. So it wasn't about the money. But I said, we're going to go give it another try because they've got five restaurants. I mean, they've got a cafe and they've got a sports bar and they've got a buffet and a steakhouse and they've got a lounge and they've got just a bar bar, but a bar that has food. And I was like, we're going we're to go try it out. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We want to check out the little town that's nearby. Once again, little town nearby. I'm giving you an apples to apples comparison. So I want to talk then a little bit because 
if we're doing apples to apples comparisons, and, and that's kind of what I want, wanted to do there, we're like, on the car, we're like, they have all these restaurants. And we're going to check it. We, st- we ate at the cafe last time. We need to check out this lounge. That looks like a fun place to go. And we need to check out this. And as we got there and started kind of eating some of these places and experiencing some of this, it hit us. The, the cafe has this really big menu, right? Breakfast any time of the day, a couple different breakfast choices all day, every day, open a big long hours, they have Italian food, they have a, a, a big long list of appetizers, you can get a steak if you want one, all kinds of sandwiches, and so then we go to the lounge to eat dinner at the lounge because we ate the cafe last time, so let's check out the lounge this time, and it starts to dawn on us. They have all these different restaurants, but other than the buffet and the steakhouse, including room service, it's all just variations of the same food made in the same kitchen. You know, the the room service menu, the lounge menu, the uh, bar menu, the sports bar menu, all have a pub burger. It's the same burger. You're going to get, it's exactly the same. They all have pepperoni pizza. No, they don't all have pepperoni pizza. The cafe has pepperoni pizza and a pepperoni log. A pizza log. And I don't even know what a pizza log is and I should have asked. And if any of you know, email and tell me because I feel stupid now that I didn't ask. If you go to the lounge, you can get a pepperoni pizza. If you go to the bar or the sports book, you can get a pizza log. You can get the chicken sandwich one place but not another. Crazy part and it frustrated me. We did eat room service the one evening and... I really just wanted breakfast for dinner. Don't know why, just thought omelet for dinner would sound good. And so Mrs. TRG calls down and she says, hey, we know that the cafe will let you have an omelet, make your own omelet all day. Can we just make an omelet? Nope, can't make an omelet. It's not on the room service menu. And we're like, so if we put on our shoes and go downstairs and wait in line, we can have an omelet. Yes, you can absolutely do that. But you're cooking out of the same kitchen and you can't make us an omelet and send it up? No, it's not on the menu. No omelets till 10 p.m. So from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., they would happily make me an omelet any way I wanted. And from 6 a.m. until 11 a.m., they would happily make an omelet and send it up for room service. But at 5.40 p.m., you can't have an omelet. You can have steak and eggs. That's the only breakfast for room service. So the idea being... They don't have five restaurants in terms of menus. It's not like, uh, how can I explain this? So if we go to Casino One and we go to the cafe, they have a couple, three different burgers. And if you go to the sports bar, they also have three different burgers, but they're not the same burgers. I'm sure it's the same patty, but they're, you know, there's a barbecue burger one place with onion rings and this, and there's a bacon cheeseburger the other place, but they're, they're different. And the one place has a variety of fancy hot dogs. Sports bar has a variety of fancy hot dogs. Don't have any of the fancy hot dogs at at the cafe. So they're very different menus, even if they run out of the same kitchen. The point being here is we're comparing food choices got real repetitious really fast because you weren't getting anything different. And you might as well just go to the cafe for every meal because that's where you had the most choices of the subsets. Now, having said that, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and focus to food comps. Because as I said, Casino One, we don't really have much in the way of food comps unless we use free tax-free imaginary money. But they buried us with food comps, and not, not in a bad way. In fact, we kind of screwed up. I'm going to tell you about that. They buried us with food comps the first day we were there. 
we could have each had a buffet and we had a $50, we had a $50 uh, dining credit. And we looked at it and said, well, we can't, you know, we really wanted to go try out the lounge tonight. That was our plan to go try out the lounge. So we really don't, we really can't use these buffet comps. We'll just go use this, this, uh, this uh, dining credit at the lounge. And that's where we screwed up in hindsight. We should have used the buffet credit, the two, the two free buffets to go eat dinner at the buffet. And then we could have used the dining credit to just have $50 worth of cocktails at the lounge. That would have been the move. That would have maximized our comps. That would have been the best way to plan around our promotions. And I also mentioned that, um, you know, we didn't get much in the way of not, not complaining. We got, we got match bets twice during our, our visit to casino one every day. We got free bets or free slot play in meaningful amounts a couple times a day. And it was a couple of times. In other words, Sunday morning I get up and their app, because if there's an app, you should always have the app. Their app was showing that I had two different free bets. And Mrs. TRG had two different sets of free slot play. But we go to the kiosk and we're only showing one of those. And so I went to the to the player's desk and I said, I guess I need a bit of an education. I said, the app shows, she goes, yeah, the app shows you have two of something and the second one will come online at about one o'clock. It's two different times. And I was like, oh, okay. So I've been educated and that's, that's, that's more than fine. So we had tons of free slot play, tons of free bets every day, multiple times a day, in addition to the food comps. And now this is kind of in our mind, we're going, okay. Well, they didn't want to comp the room, but they're sure giving us a heck of a lot on, on, on the, in the other types of things. And that's what I started to realize. This casino is just a bit different than other casinos. Just, just they see things differently. I mean, we would gamble for hours and hours and then we'd go check and we'd gotten like two points, just two, two tier credits. We're like, well, that's weird. Maybe that's why they, so we looked and it only takes 150 tier credits to move from their first tier to their second tier. That's really different. And my local casino, you need a thousand tier credits to get from tier one to tier two. So you get tier credits a lot faster, but you need a lot more to move up. And then we also noticed at the same time that we were like getting two tax free, tax free imaginary dollars for every one point we earn. So we're running up that free tax free imaginary money really, really fast. So just very, things just felt a little strange kind of the whole time. I got a couple examples of that here. First one is we're, we're, we're playing blackjack and we're playing at our normal rate and it is Saturday night. So it is a $25 table and one of the other players has a 12 against a dealer six. And he says, am I supposed to hit that? And everybody goes, no, no, not supposed to hit that. That's not basic strategy. He goes, well, but I kind of feel like, and I said, if you're going to hit it, you might as well double it. <laughs> and I kind of feel that way, right? You shouldn't hit it. You shouldn't hit it. But if you're a young 20 something in his first part of his blackjack journey and you feel like hitting it, you might as well double it is, is my opinion. Cause you're not going to hit it twice. The only bad thing that can happen is tens and. Otherwise, you might as well put double out there if you're going to hit it. So I kind of said this and kind of said it as a joke and he doesn't hit it. And the pit boss comes almost running over. He is speed walking and he's like, no, no, don't, don't double that. What are you doing? 
And then he proceeds to give us a lecture about how this is serious. We're not at a $5 table. This is real money, folks. You got to be smart. I'm going to have to give you a, a lesson on blackjack. And so he proceeds to hover and give people bad advice. He tells somebody they should double a 10 against a dealer's ace because you always double your 10s. Double your 10s against a dealer's ace or a 10? What are you talking about? He told somebody they shouldn't shouldn't split their split the oh what what shouldn't split their eights against a dealer's two because twos are dangerous just two or three times in his panic that people playing green chips might play stoop i'm just like what in the world is all of this we have completely different views on things and if you're a pit boss who thinks that a green chip is a big bet well this is a bit strange and weird we did go into the nearby town uh, during during the day on our on our full day there, and while we were getting some food, we heard that the hotel had been fairly recently added at this property. Okay, so now that's starting to make a little sense to me. The hotel hasn't been there; they've had the casino for a while, but the hotel is fairly new. And then we start realizing that there are all these ski slopes. And all the ski slopes, and I'm not a big expert on skiing, never skied in my life, but all the ski slopes have these little uh, ski shanties. I don't know what you call them. Ski lodges, maybe that's the right term. Uh, little tiny houses at the bottom of the slopes. So now I'm thinking, okay, maybe some of this stuff that doesn't make sense, maybe the fact they didn't want to comp the hotel and don't normally comp the hotel is because a lot of the a lot of the people that come to the casino are coming for the skiing during the day and hanging out at the casino at night and a lot of its locals and they're not really trying to pull in an overnight crowd they're not trying to compete for that overnight crowd they're trying to make money from people that do want to stay there and then they're spreading out the comps during the day to give you a reason to show up and stay a reason to show up in the morning, maybe get that buffet comp and use it for lunch. But then you got another free play coming on. You got another free bet that's not going to happen till later. So there's a reason to stick around. And why not stick around? Because you also have this dining credit and you can then go to the lounge of the cafe and get a different menu and, and eat a second meal. And maybe you'll stay around the whole day for all the various things that they're giving out. That started to maybe make some sense to me. I started to kind of get a sense of it. Now, one of the things that my casino host mentioned to me when we were talking about the fact that they didn't feel like we gambled enough was that th maybe they'd comp it on the back end. Maybe they'd do what's called a back end comp where they look at your play. We've talked about this in the past, particularly Vegas, Atlantic City. It's very, very common for you to charge all your stuff to the room. And then if you're not worried about getting tier credits for your spend, you just talk to a host. Even if you don't have one, you just go to the VIP desk and you talk to a host and um, they'll look at your play. And if you've been playing at a relatively high level, they'll comp off. Maybe they'll comp off the room service or they'll comp off the drink. Sometimes they comp off the whole thing. And so that was that was the plan. I was, I was going to do that. And that was strange. That was uh, very, very strange. I, uh, As we're leaving, as Mrs. TRG's wrapping up a couple things, uh, as we're done with our gambling on our free stuff for the day and getting ready to get on the road, I, I walked up to a craps table where no one was doing anything, and I said to the pit boss, I haven't been here very often. Do you have a VIP office, or do you have a host that's on duty? 
And he goes, well, we don't have a VIP office, but we do have a host on duty. And if you just go over and ask Jack, which shows you how small a place this is, he goes, if he just points over his shoulder, doesn't even look, if you just go over and ask Jack, Jack can call the host. So my first thought is, A, who is Jack? B, why do you think I know who Jack is? Now I get that. It's such a small place. Everybody knows Jack. Why can't you call? You're doing nothing. I look over, they point to where the, the, one of the dealers goes, oh, that's Jack over there in the red jersey. Okay. Well, Jack's busy. Dude, why can't you call? You're just sitting here doing nothing, talking to your team. But apparently he's not allowed to call the host, and Jack is. So I go over, and I say, excuse me, Jack. And he says, yeah. And I said, the, the pit boss over there, uh, the pit boss over there, he told me that you could call the host on duty. And he says, well, I could. Yeah, I can do that. What do you need? And I said, well, we've been here a couple days, and they... I just wanted to have somebody check my play and see if uh, and see if they could, you know, comp some of what we've charged to the room. We had some meals and stuff. And he goes, huh? As I said, I feel like I speak fluent casino. And somehow at this place, it's just landing wrong. All the stuff I consider normal is, is just landing completely, completely, completely wrong in so many, so many ways. So I go through the thing again. When we checked in, they told us they couldn't comp the room, but they told my... Uh, my independent host that maybe they'd be able to do some things for us on the back and I just wanted somebody to look at my play and see if that was something they'd be willing to take care of maybe a little bit and he goes oh do you you have a player's card I said oh of course here it is and he takes my player's card and he walks away and I'm standing and waiting and standing and waiting and standing and waiting and all of a sudden he's in a different pit going sir excuse me and so I walk around like yeah what's up and he goes um I talked to the host. I was like, oh, is he coming down? He goes, well, he wanted to know what you wanted. I said, well, I felt like we played a lot. And I was thinking that maybe they would be able to comp off some of the room service or some of the room charges. And he goes, oh, the, the, the room charges. And I said, yeah, I just thought maybe given the amount of gambling that we did, maybe the house would take care of a few of those things for us. And he goes, the room charges. And I said, yeah. I said, I do a lot of gambling in Atlantic City. I do a lot of gambling in Las Vegas, done some gambling in New Orleans and Tunica and Biloxi. And often, you know, you you get to the end of your stay and you have a chat with the host and he takes your card and he says, let me see what I can do. And sometimes he goes, I'm sorry, we can't do anything. And sometimes they comp the whole thing. And a lot of times we find a happy medium. They comp off some of the room service charges and some of the drinks. I just thought maybe that would apply. And he goes, oh, oh, okay. He walks away. He comes back a few minutes later. He goes, so did you want to spend another night? And I said, no, it, it, my wife's got to work tomorrow. I've got to work tomorrow. It's been a wonderful three days, two nights. We, we're just getting ready to head home. He goes, oh, because he'd be willing to comp you a night tonight if you wanted to stay one. I said, well, I assume he would, given given that I was playing in your high limit room, you know, most of Saturday night. I assumed that he'd be willing to comp me another night. If he wouldn't, quite frankly, I've got plenty of places that would. I said, no, I just thought maybe our breakfast this morning would be something he would be willing to comp. And he goes, oh, yeah, um, yeah, no, we don't, we don't like really do that. I said, oh, okay, well, can I have my card back? Your card? Yeah, my player's card. Could I have my player's card back? Oh, yeah, wait right here. I'll, I didn't wait. I didn't, I didn't wait. I'd had enough of it at that point. I, I went to the machine. I threw in my driver's license. I got another card so I'd have it when I got home. And, and we proceeded to, to wrap things up. Even though I think I speak fluent casino. And even though I have no problem being understood in Vegas, in Atlantic City, uh, in all those other places I mentioned, I never have any trouble making myself understood. Somehow I ended up a stranger in a strange land for my birthday. Nice place. 
we we did lose a little money. We won a little money the first day and lost a little money the second day. And I did want to share the notes from the app and the notes from the app. The notes from the app where where I took a notable loss says, "Face it, you should have been, you should be done, and you decided to keep gambling for entertainment." So I've recorded that number. I've recorded that loss. But even I knew in that moment that it was early. We weren't ready to leave. I had taken a loss that would probably cause me to be done. And I had just decided it's my birthday weekend and I don't feel like going up to the room and watching somebody try to beat Bobby Flay. We're just going to keep gambling. And and I took a bigger loss than I probably normally would have or should have a lot of other places because I just decided I was going to gamble for entertainment. And there's some part of me that says, you gambled for entertainment. You told them you gambled for entertainment. Take the loss off the books and acknowledge it for what it was. You're a guy that has a decent job, your wife has a decent job, and for your birthday, you just decided to do some gambling and be a bit reckless. And I'm not going to do that. The law stays on the books. The law stays in the records. If we get to the next episode, and I got to tell you, we had a losing month, I'm going to point right back to this and say, here it was. You spent money on rooms you didn't need to spend. You could have gone to any number of other places and not spent that money. You decided to anyway. You decided you wanted to go do this. You you spent you gambled for entertainment instead of gambling for profit, and you wrote it down. It's not part of the podcast. It is part of the podcast. It's gambling I did. It's it's there. It is what it is. We did end up. I uh, I got one more point to make, and it's an important point to make. In fact, frankly, it's the whole purpose of this segment. I just rambled. Uh, the clock on the wall says I rambled for almost forty minutes before T Rex chops this down a bit. And I'm just getting to the point. I have just told you the story and compared and contrasted in a variety of ways to, to make the point that I wanted to make. But I told you I'd give you results. And that's the point, purpose of this segment always is to give you a very, very meaningful look into whether I won or we, I lost. We finished with over two, over five days pay in gambling profits and a very minimal amount of expenses. The expenses are significantly less than the five days pay, even though they wouldn't comp off anything. And that includes the, the the losing I did while gambling for entertainment. But here's the point. I have not been, as this illustration shows, I have not been to every casino in Las Vegas, let alone every casino in North America. And other than Canada, I've never, never gambled in another country except at this Indigenous Peoples Reservation Resort. See, technically we were in a different country. They, they, they are their own sovereign nation. But I've never gambled in Europe. I've never gambled in Australia. I've never gambled in Asia. If something that I told you isn't what you experience where you are, even if you're just in North Dakota, uh, that should not be a complete surprise. I tell you over and over, or I try to share over and over, that I do not think I know everything about gambling. I know a lot about gambling. I have gone to the School of Hard Knocks. I've gone to the College of Hard Knocks. I've got a PhD in Hard Knocks. And I figured out a way to beat a handful of wagers in a casino and how to be a good comp hustler. But if what you're experiencing where you are does not match what I've told you, that should not be a complete surprise. Clearly, I can be surprised at any time. The things I think are normal cannot be normal. I don't know anything about, I don't know, California has some weird thing that I'm just starting to learn about called a a, a card casino or a card shop or a, a local card play anyway they can only play card games and the rules are a little different and the the commissions are li- i'm just starting to learn about that from one of our from one of our squad mates so if i tell you something and it and you go but, but that's not 
you know, if you go to the rewards desk and you ask them about something and it doesn't match what I've told you, then you just learn something. And hopefully you'll share it with me. I've never told you that I know everything about everywhere. I've shared what I know from my experience. I've shared what works at big, important gambling locations across uh, the United States of America. And my hope is that if you get told there's no room comps, and that seems strange to you, then you might also have learned enough from me, from our conversations or our my monologues, that you'd realize, oh, the other comps are way better than what I was expecting. That the food, and you, that you'd learn from me how to apply what I've taught in different ways and in different situations, because it's not always all going to be the same. And I was off my game because of that. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. It's when I wanted to talk about comparing and contrasting these casinos and seeing how they're the same and seeing how they're different and seeing how that'll play into my thought process and, and the conversations that my wife and I have going forward. And I hope all of you can kind of apply that too and maybe not be as off your game. The next time things seem weird, the next time I'm speaking casino to someone and they're not speaking casino back, I'm going to listen a little more closely and, and try to learn and try to be educated I try to bring that all back to you, and that's my final point here. If you're getting those different experiences than what I'm talking about, please educate me. Please share. I've been sharing. Please tell me what you've learned. Tell me what you've experienced. I always enjoy hearing from you. Send an email to trg at casinocombat.com, spell combat with a K, and let me know what I don't know, because if you don't tell me, I don't know. All right. Uh, I told you the results. I told you five days pay. There is one funny and silly thing that happened at my local casino, just kind of ironic and <laughs> not strange in the way these were strange, but kind of fun with another player, kind of a realization I had. And I'm going to tell you about that next in the Virtual VIP Lounge. A little bit of the bubbly. Our lounge is open. Welcome to the best virtual VIP lounge in all of casino gambling podcasting. Perhaps the only virtual VIP lounge in all of casino gambling podcasting. I certainly hope so. Otherwise it would be gimmick infringement. If you are here for the first time, our virtual VIP lounge has the best virtual everything virtually all the time. We have the best virtual buffet anywhere. We have the best virtual bottles. We really do. We have virtual still and sparkling water. We have virtual beer and wine. Some really good ones. We absolutely have your favorite. We have all the best virtual bottles. In fact, our virtual VIP lounge only has one shelf, the top shelf. And we've labeled it that way virtually so that everyone knows. And we have every bottle that you would like. So virtually make yourself something. Fix yourself a plate. Pour yourself a drink. If you can, press pause. Pour yourself something in real life. Hanging out in VIP lounges is one of the great pleasures of going to a casino. And it's a great place to meet new friends. It's a great place to run into old friends. It's something I really like to do. Things are pretty busy here in uh, the land of casino combat today. So I just have a Fiji water here with me. I've got a lot of things to do after we wrap this up. So I'm going to take it kind of slow today. And I just this is going to be a quick one. Uh, not a lot to this other than just something weird that happened to me, some kind of weird synchronicity, some kind of weird timing. And it's the kind of thing that if I had it happen to me and then ran into Gabriel or the walking Wikipedia in the VIP lounge, it's just a little tidbit I'd share with them. So we're not going to get any amazing wisdoms out of this. We're not going to learn anything amazing. It was just kind of weird and ironic and bizarre and 
I, I thought I'd share it with all of you, and it shouldn't take too long. And I think this story will probably name itself very quickly and easily, and uh, that'll be obvious as we go through this. So here's the setup. I, I go to my local casino, just another day at the office, just trying to get in, get the work done, you know, get out the door. And as I you know, play my bubble craps, I collect my free stuff, and uh, I'm looking for a table, I'm looking for a blackjack table, and I spot one where they're shuffling the cards, and there's just one guy sitting at first base, that's the, the spot to the left of the dealer, and he's the only one, and he's not looking real happy, but at some level, I don't care, there's lots of people in casinos that aren't happy, and there's plenty of people that are yelling and screaming, and so I sit down at the last spot, that's called third base, and I hand over my player's card, always use a player's card, hand over my buy-in, and, and I'm ready to get to work. And a couple hands in, he has something happen to him that, that is negative, and he says, unbelievable. I didn't really think anything about it. And a couple hands later, unbelievable. A couple hands later, he gets a hand, uh, I think it was hard 16 against a dealer's nine, something like that, and he asks me what he should do. And I tell him, you know, you should take a card. It's, it's a tough hand to win, but you should take a card. That'll give you your best chance. And he does, and he loses, and unbelievable. And, uh, this goes on and this goes on and this goes on and he's asking me questions and every negative thing that happens is unbelievable. And he's kind of getting mad at me and he's getting mad at the dealer and he's obviously mad at the building and you run it. This is not unusual. This is not worthy of a story. You will run into people like this regularly. If you spend any amount of time in casinos playing table games, you will find people that are angry. You will find people convinced that they can't win. You will find people that are convinced things that are rigged. You will find people that think everything that happens is unbelievable when it's all completely believable and completely normal. And quite honestly, why people continue to play in those situations is not something I get. It's like if you're miserable and you think this is just not believable, why not just get up and at least move or leave? I, I, I don't get it. I probably never will get it. But none of that, as I said, is particularly interesting. What's interesting is this goes on and this goes on. And I've heard him say unbelievable 20 times in, in 30 minutes, right? Because we've shuffled the cards. He's brought out more money. He's lost on good cards because the dealer got a five card 21. And then I notice the song that is playing in the casino. And then I kind of catch some of the lyrics and I'm thinking, well, that's, that's kind of perfect because what is playing? Just as he says, unbelievable, I hear this. Unbelievable. <laughs> Can you believe? And so then I'm kind of listening to the lyrics and I'm listening to repeat. And now it's an earworm, right? Now it's stuck in my head. Even after the song finishes, every time he says, unbelievable, I hear this. Unbelievable. And so... That's in my head, and it's stuck in my head, and I keep thinking about him. And as I said, if I'd have run into Gabriel or the walking Wikipedia or any number of other people at that point, I'd have certainly told them about it, which is why I wanted to tell you. And then I get home, and I had to look up the lyrics. I had to see if what I thought I was hearing, I mean, obviously I've heard this song over and over for years, but I thought, did you, were you really hearing those lyrics, kind of some of those lyrics that, that were perfect? And so... Here's the lyrics that I was hearing, and I'm not going to do the whole song. I mean, I'm not going to read you the whole song, because quite frankly, some of it's not suitable for work. But the very, very first 
part of the song is, you burden me with your questions. Well, there we go. You'd have me tell no lies. There we go. You're always asking what it's all about. Don't listen to my replies. Well, there we go. Yes, this is exactly what happens. You say to me, I don't talk enough, but when I do, I'm a fool. There we go. There we go. Those times I've spent, I've realized I'm going to shoot through and leave you. And that certainly crossed my mind a couple of times. And I certainly was hoping that perhaps he would decide to leave instead of me. Right? And then, of course, it's unbelievable. The next part is you tell me your problems by telling me more about mine. Well, that certainly happened. Right? That's absolutely certainly happened. The way you say you're always at stop. That's also true. Guy was always at stop, but never at stop. He, like, this is my last hand, and then he'd pull out more money. <laughs> this, I guess this kind of applies to this, this, last, uh, this last bit of lyric, but this kind of applies. Seeming lastless doesn't mean you can ask us. Pushing down the negative, bringing out your higher self. See, that's what he needed to do. He needed to push down the negative and bring out your higher self. That's what he needed to do. The rest of it doesn't really apply. And obviously, I just had that brief moment where all I could hear was unbelievable. And then the lyrics kind of backed it up. A lot of fun. Kind of one of those weird situations where what's going on <laughs> or what's going on in the casino matches what's being played in the casino. In fact, that reminds me of something else. One of the one of the dealers at my local casino always notices and it does seem to happen a lot when she's dealing she'll be crushing people she'll just absolutely be crushing people left and right and what song will come on another one bites the dust and she always notices it she always points it out if, if i happen to be there so just those little synchronicities between music and 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 what happens in casinos and so i just thought i'd share with you that in fact it was unbelievable so please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, but don't tip away your wins. Remember your casino wisdoms. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we might may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening, and don't hang up on me now because the best part of the podcasting is happening right after this.
Cause